Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Welcome to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. I remember, and you guys might remember this, in 2016, Trump wouldn't go to a Fox debate because of Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly ambushed him in the first debate, and then in the second Fox debate, Trump didn't show up. I thought I could convince Trump to show up. And he came on my show. He came on the factor, and I said, come on, you got to go, you got to go. I thought I had him. I thought I had him. No, he didn't show up, and I don't think he's going to show up this time. If he does, then there should be two moderators Bill O'Reilly and Geraldo Rivera, who joins us now from Eastern Long Island, where he's, I don't know what he's doing out there. He's certainly not getting a haircut. Uh, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of barbershops out where you are, and I'll treat you. Um, you're 80 years old, Rivera. I mean, you, you look like you know, one of the Rolling Stones. Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> who, who are all my, who, all my age. This reminds me of uh, Saturday Night Live, the news for the hard of hearing. I'm going to... Uh, Really blasted. So That's you, right. Uh, you News for the hard hearing. Hello. <laughs> well, we're both old guys, but we could do a much better job moderating a debate uh, with Trump than anybody else. I'm sorry. That's the truth. Um, I did try to go to Orlando's today to get my haircut, uh, but uh, there was traffic, and I got uh, late. I started running late, so I uh, I aborted my mission. I promise next time I am seen. Uh, by tomorrow, hopefully, I'll All right. get well, it. Well, they're going to they're gonna need a power mower to do that, so be careful. So I saw you on the Dopey View uh, uh, last week, um, and there was one thing you said that I think you were wrong about, but you handled yourself pretty well. What people don't understand is guys like you and me are professionals. We go way, way back, okay? And when somebody pays you over a period of time, um, it's not classy to trash them even if you want to trash them. Would you agree with that? I absolutely, I took Fox's money for 23 years. I think the, it would be the height of ingratitude for me 
to then uh, attack the the people who put food on my uh, my family's table low these many years. I had lots of friends at uh, at Fox. You among them during the during the day, even though we had ferocious debates. You and I, uh, we could at the end of it, uh, you know, dust ourselves off and uh, shake hands and and go on uh, to another day. I really I, I care deeply for a lot of them. I'll start naming them if you want. Uh, you know, I just got, I got jammed up. It was one of those personality conflicts. I had a toxic relationship with one of the uh, cast members on. Yeah, on it was good, Phil, but oh. that's not what it was. That's not what it was. Well, Fox News now is not the same operation that it was eight years ago, <clears throat> seven years ago. Total Great. management change, total philosophy Great. change. Everything has changed. So dinosaurs like you and me, we don't belong there any longer because I know you for a long time and you actually want to know the truth about whatever it may be. What, am I correct in stating that? Yes, you are. I, okay. I want and so truth. do I. That's no longer in play, not at Fox uh, specifically, anywhere. Any television news operation, they... The truth is about ninth down on the list. It's get the audience that is your uh, choir and give the choir the song they want. And that's why Fox got in trouble with the voting machines. Okay. So you and I, we don't fit into that puzzle any longer. It puzzle makes, still makes a lot of money, but not nearly what it did make. It's a deterioration across the board. And if you look at the popular polls, whether people trust the media or not, nobody trusts the media any longer because they know they're being patronized and lied to by a lot of these people. Am I wrong? Well, I, I think that in terms of patronizing, I think for sure, I, whether they're conscious falsehoods that's where Fox got in the big jam. When they discovered that a conscious falsehood, that is that the 2020 election was rigged, uh, that, uh, I, that, that Trump was the legitimate president, that he could use any means necessary to hold on to office. When they understood that there was an audience for that baloney, that's where Fox stepped off the cliff. Of course, and, uh, and if, but if I were there at 8 o'clock, that never would have happened. You know it wouldn't have happened. Well, I think that uh, it would have been a whole different equation. I, would have, I blew that thing out of the now. water here on my independent news service. I blew that out of the water three weeks after the vote. I lost premium members. They didn't want to hear it. But if I were on Fox at that time, I would have blown that thing right out of the water and nobody would have gone up against me because that's how powerful a factor was. But they don't have that now. There's no control, again, no control at CNN, no control at NBC News, ABC, CBS. They are running, not, it's not a bunco operation. It's an operation that doesn't care about the truth. They care about money. Now, let me get into where the, I quibble with you on the view. I have investigated this as thoroughly as it can be investigated. Donald Trump did not instigate January 6th. 
He failed on the day because he panicked and he froze. But he didn't instigate it. He wasn't saying, I want violence at the, at the Capitol. In fact, it didn't even occur to him that it might happen until early morning. And again, he didn't mobilize. He didn't do what he should have done by calling that off really fast in a hard way. He did not. But he didn't instigate it. And the week before proves it with the back and forth with the Pentagon, put the National Guard on alert, the back and forth with the Capitol authorities coming out of the White House. It's provable. That's why he has not been indicted on that insurrection business, and he won't be. Okay? He was impeached. He was But impeached. you said on The View that he instigated it, and you're wrong. I believe, I believe, let me, I have to clean up one thing, and then well, let me address that. What I want to clean up, it is not sufficient to say that everybody does it. Everybody I'm not saying that truth to get a rating. I, I think that that what Fox did was unique. At least it was unique in terms of the paper trail left, the, the digital trail left uh, where they could, where they showed certain hosts saying something, then going on the air and saying something else. I think that that was, it was, if it was not unique, it was certainly the most egregious example. Now, in terms of what Trump did, I supported Donald Trump, who I've known as you have for decades. I love this guy. I lost friends over the fact that I supported him. And he had a pretty good presidency. And he was a, a, a viable candidate for re-election. But when he lost, it was scant days. The last That's time a I whole different issue. That's a whole different issue. You're oh, right. Let me, get, let me get to your let me get to your issue. When when the last time Trump used to call my house every week without fail. The last time we spoke was Friday the 13th of November. I said, what are you gonna do? He said he's a realist. So I said, okay, he's a realist. It's a slow count, uh, extraordinary circumstances, the pandemic and so forth. He'll see the light as we are all seeing the light. He never did. In fact, he went the opposite direction. He got more and more irrational in terms, in my opinion, you give your opinion, let me give my opinion. In my opinion, he got more and more irrational, more and more radicalized. He screwed up the, the vote in Georgia because he was such an egotist about it. And then if he did not incite that riot, who did? It wasn't a spontaneous combustion. He Listen, there's a difference... There's a difference between incite and instigate. So you can make an uh, a subjective argument that because he was so vehement that the election was fixed, that led these people to violence. You can make that philosophical argument. But the argument that the view ladies are making is that he wanted that violence at the Capitol. That's not true. And I know it's not true. Now, as far as him believing that the election was fraudulent, he believes it because people believe what they want to believe, Geraldo. You know that. And Do it you has, think he it, would have? Would he have given up his office? Would he have? Would he have at some point succumbed to the inevitable and watched the vice president sign the electoral documents and allow all of the, those things were wrong? 
And in history, he did a good job governing, but that's going to override what he did for four years. I agree. I agree. Because Al Gore could have done the same thing when he hung it up against With Bush the facts. Younger. He could have done it, but he didn't do it. Agreed. And, Agreed. And Trump just won't to this moment let it go. He won't. You know, when I did my four history tours with him, you know about those shows, right? Okay. I told him, you can't even mention the election because I'm not going to sit there and feed into that. And he didn't for four shows, not once. But I know for a fact that he believes it because people believe what they want to believe. Now, Last question, because I know you have to go um, take a nap before your haircut. Okay. I want to use you on a regular basis. Not, I'm not going to torture you, but maybe once or twice a month on media. Because the media is collapsing before our eyes. And you and me, we know the media in this country better than anybody. So are you willing to put up with me to do that? I've been putting up with you for decades, O'Reilly. <laughs> People should go into the... But you're going to have to name names. Some of the fistfights. <laughs> you're going to have to name names like Gutfeld harpooned you. All right? You didn't name him. And I admire that. Who cares about him? Who cares about I, Little Napoleon. I Who care about Gutfeld. I, I, I put Gutfeld on I a know. factor with Bernard McGurk, and that he ascended. But... What I'm trying to get across to you is I know why you didn't mention Gutfeld's name on The View and in other interviews, but going forward, you're going to have to name the names of the villains in the media. Are you willing to do that? Well, I am willing to point out what Fox did or what any other, uh, you know, uh, uh, transgressor yeah, everybody. does. I have always, I have always been unafraid. You cannot scare me. I, my legacy is, and I appreciate your statements uh, when I did finally uh, give it up, when I did finally quit after I was fired from the view, from the view, from the five, when I was fired from the five, I quit Fox News because I said, screw you, you take, it took away the number one rated show, I'm not going to stick around. So I left, but I am, I've worked hard all my life. Thank God I am beholding to none right now except my family i don't have to go running off to go to work for anyone else i can be on my boat if that is what i care to do i can participate in the national dialogue if that's what i uh, care to do if you know you and i get a conversation going as you do with chris cuomo i think that's great i think that's that's wonderful that's what we're gonna do we're gonna it's storm it television and we can, we can say to any of these people, any of these big corporate people and the big uh, machas and the high rollers, screw you. We have That's right. I run my own on. show now and you're um, uh, semi-retired, but I don't want you to retire. So I'm going to bring you on. I'm going to torture reason. you. Uh, and the best part is you and I, we don't see things eye to eye. The problem with cable news is they bring on guests and everybody agrees. It's no longer O'Reilly Geraldo shooting it out over criminal illegal aliens. And if you didn't see that, you got to Google that because that was a 
either a high point or low point in cable news, depending on your point of view. All right, we'll see you soon. Um, Migrants will be the saving grace of this country. Okay. Tell the barber to give you a mohawk tomorrow, okay? That's what I want to see next time I see you. All right. Geraldo Rivera, everybody. Give me a hand. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, This podcast is not for you, but if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. You're listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Now, one of the problems that... uh President Biden has, and he's in trouble. Biden's in trouble because these investigations are starting to accumulate evidence that he was involved with his son and brother to some extent. We don't know what extent. All right. Okay. But in addition to that, as I said uh, in today's message of the day, and I hope you read it on BillOReilly.com, Biden is by far the most liberal president this country has ever had. Way more liberal than Obama. Obama may have been in his heart as liberal as Biden, but he was cautious. FDR, way more conservative than Joe Biden, even though FDR opened up the government because of the depression of World War II. Now, because he is so far left, Biden, and identified with woke, and affirmative action, and forgiveness of debt, he has no power to forgive, and on and on and on, that there's a lot of built-in resentment, just like there is against Trump, but for different reasons, okay? So joining us now from Leesburg, Virginia, is the Senior Vice President of Policy for the Cato Institute. And Cato Institute, I mean, it leans right in my opinion, but it's pretty fact-based. I mean, I read it, and I, I see Uh, what they're trying to do here, and that's bring in um, information that can't be challenged. So you wrote a uh, column. uh, um, You didn't read a column. Your colleague, Tim Carney, uh, wrote a piece for Cato. 
And he went down a lot of the things that Biden is doing that are anti-democratic or so far left that goes against traditional America. Give me a few headlines from Cato's point of view about that. Well, I, I'm speaking for myself, not necessarily for everyone at Cato, but uh, what both Tim Carney and I were reacting to was a, a bit of a spin from the New York Times about how President Biden is staying above the fray on uh, culture war issues. Uh, the argument was, you know, he seems like a nice old guy and sometimes he messes up left-wing jargon. So therefore he's managed to keep himself distant from uh, a lot of the most divisive issues in the country. And uh, from both our perspectives, it's uh, a load of malarkey uh, because what really matters is what you're using the powers of the presidency to do and uh, President Biden has intervened uh, with the pen and the phone using the full powers of the presidency to try to settle some of the most divisive issues uh, in American politics. Uh, you know, for example, uh, his new Title IX order makes the president essentially the commander in chief of the girls room uh, for every K-12 public school in the country and most colleges. Uh, this order will give him the, the power to say which kid goes to which bathroom and maybe which kids get to be on the girls' swim team. Uh, that's not staying above the fray. That's using, that's essentially becoming culture warrior in chief and using the powers of the presidency to force a settlement on issues where Americans ought to be free to disagree. Okay, but the Title IX basically isn't a, um, a suggestion, it's a dictum that you can't, uh, the schools cannot deny trans students anything, anything. If they right. want to go it, to the girls. It's going to have implications. Right. That, but I, I don't know if people understand what Title IX is. So if you're a biological male that transitions into a female and you want to go in to take a shower with all the other girls, you can go shower by the presidential decree. Am I correct? Right. Uh, we're going to settle this issue on which people have really intensely held preferences, on which people are really divided. We're going to have the same rule for the People's Republic of Berkeley, a school there, and uh, for a high school right. in the Mississippi Delta. And, uh, and you're absolutely right. Constitutional. Biden is behind that 100%. He's also behind the equity thing that just got thrown out by the Supreme Court about hiring, about college admissions. He wants hiring college admissions and everything else to be based on skin color, correct? He's aligned the administration with the so-called anti-racist activists who think that any difference in outcome, whether it's test scores or take-home pay uh, is evidence of oppression and discrimination. And he's used the powers of the presidency to, to wage an assault on the American concept of colorblind law. I mean, even when as far in 2021, in the last uh, leg of the COVID pandemic, uh, it states that uh, we're following FDA guidelines from Biden's FDA 
uh, minority status could move you to the front of the line for potentially life-saving COVID antivirals. Uh, and that's not the way the law is supposed to work in America. No. So the notion that Biden is staying out of woke issues and of these hotly disputed uh, battles over race and trans rights and that sort of thing, it just is not supported by the facts at all. Are you surprised the New York Times lied about that on its front page? <laughs> no, you're not surprised. Okay, I'll answer. I'll ask and answer my own questions now. Um, people should understand that the reason the progressive left seizes upon COVID, climate change, and other controversies is because the progressive left wants a strong central government in D.C. to control all aspects of American life. That's the bottom line here. So you take a climate change, you take COVID mandates, and you enhance the power of the federal government to a level where they tell every American how to live. Do you believe that Joe Biden himself, based upon his Senate experience, vice president, now president, believes that? You know, it's really hard to say after 47 years or however long it was in politics uh, before he got to the presidency. After that much time uh, as a professional politician, do you really have any deeply held convictions at all anymore? I think he's able to position himself politically as if he's not, he's certainly not leaning into culture war issues in the way that, say, a DeSantis is. He, he's not wearing the mantle of woke warrior. With one exception. Uh, but at the end of the day, what really matters is what is being done with the powers of the presidency. Okay. And let me disagree with you. Sorry, go ahead. Let me, let me disagree with you. At the end of every day, Joe Biden is the most radical left president that we've ever had. And I'll point to this. He does not believe there should be any restraints, legal restraints, on abortion up until birth. So if it's a half an hour before the woman is to birth a baby and the woman suddenly says, I don't really want this baby, has a panic attack or whatever it may be, Biden is okay with terminating the baby due to be born in a half an hour. That is so radical, such an extreme position, that puts you in the Nazi camp. That's what they did in the Third Reich, they do in China. You know, abortion, we don't, it's even if, in China, even if the baby's born after birth and a baby is deformed or has some problem, they'll execute the baby. China, there's no law against that. Biden has done that, and then despite the fact that he's at mass every Sunday, which drives me crazy because the cowardly uh, Catholic clergy in America, they turn the other way. They turn their back to it, and they shouldn't. So that's where I disagree with you. I think this guy is harboring very, very radical left beliefs. Even though he's so fuzzy and he's so befuddled, he can't articulate them. Well, at the end of the day, I don't know that it matters how deeply held this, these convictions are. Uh, you know, what matters is what's being done with the powers of the presidency, the pen and the phone. And what I worry about is if we take 
there doesn't, as with abortion, so too with uh, with trans rights. I don't know why there needs to be one national rule uh, for which kid gets to go to which bathroom uh, for every every school in the country. But if we start having every culture war fight be decided winner take all at the furthest level from the people, you know, just based on which political party happens to win the presidency, we're in a very dangerous place. Sure. Because it, it's really something that starts convincing people that it's do or die every presidential election. It raises the stakes of our differences, which ought to be settled closer to home in different policies, in deep red territory, and deep blue territory, instead of uh, one size fits all based on the dictates of one president. Right, uh, that's an really imposition. People. That's an imposition the founding fathers did not want. Um, Mr. Healy, thanks very much for taking the time. We really appreciate the discussion and uh, very interesting. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundations never forget Get programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T the number two t.org did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind with american home shield warranty you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of simply contact american home shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. This is the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Let's bring in Senator Ted Cruz, D.C., uh, Texas, you know, you know, Senator Cruz, even if you don't recognize him behind a beard. Now, I ran into him a couple of months ago. Uh, in Washington, and he was attending uh, the Best Friends Foundation dinner where I was a speaker, and um, Senator Cruz didn't have to do that, okay? There were a couple of politicians there, and the Best Friends Foundation helps inner-city black kids, you know, kids who are disadvantaged, don't have a father, whatever. It's a mentoring organization. I've been with it for years. 
And you know me. I, I mean, I'm, I vet these people. So I, uh, I grabbed uh, Cruz and uh, we chatted for a little bit, but I'm, I'm very pleased that he's on the program tonight. So let's go to, to the Trump situation. You, you see this indictment about this color of law thing? I mean, you know, what is this? Well, sadly, Bill, you're right. It's completely unsurprising. And, and we've seen over the last two and a half years of the Biden administration, we have seen an almost complete and total weaponization and politicization of the Department of Justice, of the FBI, of the machineries of law, of law enforcement. Uh, the last book I wrote is entitled Justice Corrupted, How the Left Has Weaponized Our Legal System. And it walks through how, starting with Barack Obama, uh, the machinery of justice began directed at the opponents of the Obama White House, whether it was the IRS targeting conservatives or the FBI or the Department of Justice going after those who were political opponents. It then traces how when Donald Trump became president, many of those hardcore partisans burrowed into career positions at the Department of Justice and throughout the federal government. And for the four years Trump was president, they waged war against Donald Trump. They wanted to bring down the democratically elected president of the United States. Now that Biden is president, they are out in the open. They are brazen. Jack Smith is someone who sadly has been involved in partisan prosecutions before. Jack Smith was involved in the prosecution of Bob McDonald, the, go the governor of Virginia, Republican governor, was a credible presidential candidate until DOJ went after him. They prosecuted him, they convicted him, and the case went up to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court reversed the conviction nine to nothing. Every yeah. justice said and that was this about is legally baseless. Governor McDonald accepting gifts from certain people. It's what they're doing with the Supreme Court now. Yeah. In the Senate, do any of your Democratic colleagues, would they agree privately that this is what is taking place? You know, sadly, they wouldn't. None um, of them? One of the real consequences, of I think, of, not a one of them. Really? One of the sad consequences of the age of Trump is that it broke the Democrat Party. That They hate Donald Trump so much that one of the things it's done is it's, it's eliminated moderate Democrats. When I arrived in the Senate in 2013, there was such a thing as moderate Democrats. Today, their fury and rage of Trump have driven them to the far left. So you were talking just a minute ago about the IRS whistleblowers, multiple longtime career IRS employees who risked their entire careers to come forward and say, what they're seeing with this Hunter Biden investigation is corrupt, that it's a political cover-up. And what they've alleged is the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, has committed multiple felonies, that he lied under oath to Congress in response to questioning from me before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and that he committed obstruction of justice. And the amazing thing, Bill, not a single Senate Democrat has any interest in learning whether or not the attorney general's committed multiple felonies because I do believe, they are wearing a team jersey. I do believe that Garland will be impeached in the House. Okay? I agree. And I think that will happen in late September, early October. Uh, but, of course, he's not going to be convicted in the Senate. However, it'll right. be damaging to Garland, who's not a strong man. I might point out, and I'm going to do this after you leave us, uh, that Bill Barr was involved with this, a Republican, and Eric Holder, the three mm -hmm. attorney generals. 
This started in 2014 with Hunter Biden. All three looked the other way. And in Garland's case, he facilitated the slow walk and helped the Biden family. But Barr, the Republican, he knew what was happening, looked the other way. Do you agree with that? Look, there's no doubt that Barr should have been much more vigorous in going after this. Uh, if you look at the press repeats all the time, you know, David Weiss, the U.S. attorney who's, who's bringing this investigation, is a, quote, Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. Yeah, every two seconds now, we th- hear that. Right. Th- that's technically true, but the way it works in the Senate for a U.S. attorney, he's the U.S. attorney from Delaware, he cannot get nominated unless both senators from Delaware sign off. There are two Democrat senators from Delaware, Tom Carper and Chris Coons, which right. means as a practical matter, David Weiss was chosen by the two Democrat senators. And to be clear, in the state of Delaware, Joe Biden is the godfather, so to speak, of every Democrat. And and so, look, I got to say, the allegations are really significant that the way this investigation was conducted, the Department of Justice's number one objective was to protect Joe Biden so that the investigators were forbidden from asking about no, the big guy, no asking about money that. going to Joe Biden. There's no question that about I think it. Hunter was set up as, as the fall guy and the patsy, essentially. Well, Hunter took the money, and so did Jim. And where's yep. Jim? Nothing happened to Jim. Now, one more question about politics, and I will get on to the uh, Biden situation. Um, you ran against Trump uh, in 16, and now Trump's way ahead in the polls. DeSantis was thought to be a competitor but DeSantis has not gotten off to a good start, primarily because he doesn't, um, it's really difficult, as you know, you went through it. I mean, to switch from a, a state or a Senate or the House into this massive national campaign, and Governor DeSantis is not a particularly charismatic individual up against, you know, the, probably the most charismatic president, whether you like him or not, Trump, we've ever had. In your view right now, Will Trump get this nomination? You know, I don't know. I I, I think we have right now basically a two-man race on the Republican side. And I got to say, six months ago, the conventional wisdom was that Trump was a dead man walking, that he couldn't possibly win. I thought that was wildly overstated six months ago. Right now, today, the conventional wisdom is that Trump is unbeatable and it's a coronation and the race is over. I think that's overstated as well. I think we're going to have a real primary. I am good friends with President Trump. There was no one who was a stronger ally of his when he was president than I was in the United States Senate. And I'm also good friends with Ron DeSantis. I think he's done a terrific job as governor of Florida. And I think we'll have a real race. I'm staying out of the primary. I I am Switzerland on this. Whoever wins the nomination, I will enthusiastically support because I think the agenda we're seeing from Joe Biden and the Democrats has been disastrous for the country. All right. If you're Switzerland, you got to know how to yodel. Do you, do you know how to yodel? Simon? <laughs> you you know, right. sadly, Bill, I'm going to make a terrible admission. I actually played Max in The Sound of Music in high school and I yodeled on stage. <laughs> and no, I will not do it for you on your show today. All right. Now, uh, one of the most overlooked things in this um, Biden situation Uh, And it came up again today. Um, I don't don't know whether you follow me or what I'm doing here in our independent news agency, which is both a combination of radio and television. So we have a big reach is that Matthew Graves, the district, uh, the U.S. attorney in uh, Washington, 
and uh, Estrada, Martin Estrada in Los Angeles, Central California, were both asked by Weiss in Delaware to help. Yep. The reason yep. was that Hunter Biden received money, physically received it, in both D.C. and California. Both Graves and Estrada said, no, we're not helping you. Yep. Merrick Garland could have ordered them to help. That's number one, correct? Absolutely correct. Okay. Did you know, and we broke the story two weeks ago, that Matthew Graves' wife, Fatima Graves, has visited the Biden White House 28 times since the president was elected? Did you know that? That fact I did not know. I followed this story very closely, but that his wife has visited the White House, I didn't know that. We broke it. There is no reason for that woman who is a left-wing activist, she heads a left-wing group, to have 28 visits in the White House. Now, you take that fact, and now I'm speculating that Fatima Graves was the intermediary going back and forth between the Justice Department. Remember, Matthew Graves and Merrick Garland work in the same building, carrying messages and what else? Because you can't put them in writing, they'll be subpoenaed. Can't do it on the phone because they're all taped. All the calls are taped. That's what I think was going on here. So look, I I have no idea what communications were happening with Graves' wife. What I can tell you is that 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 Matthew Graves was was a donor to Joe Biden, that Estrada in California was a donor to Kamala Harris, and that Merrick Garland, in response to questioning from me, was told, told Congress under oath that that David Weiss and the prosecution would have everything it needed with no political interference. And, and when Graves and, and, and Estrada said no to prosecuting Hunter, those were the most serious violations. Those were the violations that carried real jail time. Right. And they're saying no. What it meant is that even though Hunter Biden had committed multiple felonies, he got a slap on the wrist and zero jail time. Right. But it's almost unprecedented that two U.S. attorneys would turn down another U.S. attorney who's asking for help. I have never heard that before. But anyway, let's get on to Kate's Law. Uh, July 1st, 2015, 32-year-old yeah. Kate Steinle walking with her dad in the Embarcadero District of San Francisco, shot dead by an illegal criminal, Jose Zarate. All right? Zarate subsequently put on trial. Um, he, the jury do, uh, ruled that it was an accident. He dropped a gun, blah, blah, blah. Zarate had been uh, deported five times. He was a drug dealer. He had multiple arrests in this country. And I put forth that there should be Kate's law where if you are deported after a commission of a crime in the United States and you come back, that's a crime in itself where you get five years minimum in a federal penitentiary. Now, that law picked up a lot of steam because I was doing the O'Reilly factor and you were involved with it and it got filibustered out in the Senate because Mitch McConnell wouldn't put it up as a standalone bill. He attached it to something else that he knew wasn't going to get by the Democrats, and it died. But now you're back, correct? You're reintroducing it? Yes. Tell me what it says. 
Yeah, I mean, let me start, Bill, by, by saying thank you for your passionate advocacy of Kate's Law, because you have had a, a big and loud megaphone advocating for it. This is a common sense provision. It says that people who are aggravated felons who repeatedly enter the country illegally will face a mandatory minimum prison sentence. And, and, and it's something I've authored Kate's Law in the Senate. Uh, I've repeatedly forced a vote on the Senate floor on Kate's Law. And sadly, every time we vote on it, Every single Democrat votes no. It's a straight party line vote. You know, I've had the opportunity to, to visit with Kate Steinle's family, her beautiful family. Her father, Kate died in her father's arms and, and her last words to her dad were, were, were daddy help me. Um, you know, I gotta say as a father, I cannot imagine a greater agony than losing your child and feeling helpless to save your child's life and, and, and it is indefensible that the Democrats continue to, to block this common sense law. Overwhelming majority of the American people support Kate's law, locking up violent criminals who repeatedly enter the country illegally. And yet today's Democrat party is so extreme that they side with the criminals over innocent American citizens. Now, do you have any estimate when that vote will come up or when you'll reconcile with the House? Because I know it's in the House too, the process here. Look, we're, we're going to continue pressing and using the vehicles that are available to press for a vote. Uh, I hope we will get a vote. We've gotten a vote twice previously before using a lot of the Senate getting a vote is opportunistic. You've got to find a vehicle that's moving where you have an opportunity to press it forward. But but I believe we'll force another vote and, and the Democrats are going to have to decide where they are. I will say one dynamic that is different which is the last time we voted on it, we had not had two and a half years of open borders under Joe Biden. We hadn't had the worst illegal immigration in our nation's history. Seven million people who've crossed illegally under Joe Biden. We hadn't had last year, 853 migrants died crossing illegally into this country. We hadn't had hundreds of thousands or even millions of children physically and sexually assaulted by human traffickers. We hadn't had hundreds of thousands or even millions of women brutalized by human traffickers. We hadn't had what we had last year, more than 100,000 drug overdoses, the highest in history, 70% of which came from Chinese fentanyl crossing our southern border. And I will say the context is different, but when, when we get a vote, it's going to come down to Senate Democrats. Their, their constituents support Kate's law, and they're going to have to decide, do they yep. stand for the safety and security of families in their states or is partisan politics their top priority? Yeah. You know, you got to embarrass them. And then if the in the 24 election, if Republicans get the White House and the Senate uh, and keep the uh, House, then you'll get it passed. Oh, we can't thank you enough, Senator. Very uh, good to see you. Thank you. Uh, and check out that uh, check out that Fatima Graves story. because that's gonna, I, I will do that. Yeah. I mean, she needs to come in front of a congressional committee and testify on what the deuce she was doing in there while her yeah. husband was up to his neck in trying to protect Hunter Biden. Thanks again, Senator. We'll see you soon, I hope. Thank you, Bill. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. 
And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a gem from the No Spin News Vault. Bring in Bernie uh, Goldberg. I was going to say Bernie Sanders. I'd love to have Bernie Sanders on a program. But Bernie Goldberg is with us from North Carolina. He is a purveyor of a very fine website that you would enjoy. So please check it out. Bernard Goldberg, one word, dot com. All right. So you heard me. Uh, am I being unfair to Stephanopoulos? Well, first, if you're going to have me as a guest on your program, the least you can do is get my name right. Today, it's Bernie O. Goldberg, Okay. Oh, Goldberg. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Let's, let's just say, Bill, that nobody's going to confuse George Stephanopoulos with Mike Wallace or, or with you for that matter. Uh, because Mike Wallace, you or I would have asked a few follow up questions. Let me give you just two examples the COVID relief bill and the border. On the COVID relief bill, President Biden correctly said most Americans approve of the relief bill. According to the polls, he's absolutely right. I would have said, and I think you would have said, and Mike would have said, uh, do you think that most Americans also approve of the part of the bill where you're giving taxpayer money to convicted felons who are still in prison? Do you think they know that that part passed without a single Republican vote and that Democrats wouldn't compromise on that. And by the way, while we're on the subject, Mr. President, why is that in the bill, a COVID relief bill in the first place? That's the COVID relief bill. On the border, the president is not taking responsibility, as you said, for anything. If anything, he's blaming the former president for, for what's going on on the border. Again, I would have said, I think you would have said, and Mike Wallace would have said, Mr. President, you announced to the whole world that if you come into this country legally or otherwise, you get free health care. You've announced that you won't build any more wall. You announced that you've instructed ICE not to deport anyone who's been charged with assault or drunk driving. You've also announced that you want to give amnesty not only to dreamers, but to immigrant farm workers who are alien immigrants. Do you really think, Mr. President, that that didn't encourage the, the, the surge of immigrants who are on our border right now as we speak? But he didn't do any of that. Joe Biden 
has a knack, Bill, for speaking like a moderate, but governing like a progressive leftist. And he gets away with that because of a compliant media and because of interviews like the one we saw today with George Stephanopoulos on ABC News. Do you know uh, George personally? I don't. I'm, I'm willing to accept that he's a nice guy. But as you correctly said, journalism is way down on the list of how he would describe himself or how any reasonable person would describe him. Okay. So I know him. Uh, and uh, he interviewed me a number of times. And he was pretty fair to me, I, I have to say. He never did cheap shots or anything like that. But when I watch him, I know that this isn't a guy who wants to ruffle any feathers ever. So my question then becomes, why would Disney, the parent company, not have, you know there are other people in the news organization at ABC who can conduct a hard news interview. Why wouldn't they say, no, this is the guy that's going to do it? Why? I think, I think you already answered that because they don't care. This is, not, this is not about journalism as far as a company like Disney is concerned. Disney's not concerned. They leave that to ABC News. The better question would be, why did the president of ABC News let George Stephanopoulos do the interview? And the answer is because the president of ABC News doesn't care either. This is about show business, Bill. This is but about- But when you have all the corporate media, so you and I came up, in a system where there was at least some effort to glean information. All right. So yeah, we, we use it. We used a clip of Edward R. Murrow the other day, taking apart uh, Senator uh, McCarthy of Wisconsin in the 50s. So that was a system that you and I came up in. Now that system is gone. I, I agree with you. Corporations don't care at all. All of them. There's not one that wants to inform the American public. Not one. Totally agree. How much of a danger is that to the American people? That's a very good question. Because what we saw today and what we see in a compliant media isn't only about the media's reputation, which is shot through and through because of what we've been talking about for the past few minutes. It's also about the American people's right to know certain things. In, in a free country, we need information to make decisions. And if we're going to get interviews like the one we got today, where he was polite, he was civil, and that's all good, but he wasn't pressing anything, then the American people don't know why, for instance, on the COVID relief bill, why People who committed heinous crimes who are still in prison are getting money. That, that's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. And yet we don't know the answer to that because it wasn't asked. So it isn't only about the reputation of journalists. It's also about the American people's right to know. Right. And corporations, I agree with you, none of them, not, not CNBC and CBS, not the cable stations, they just want ratings, numbers, and the money that goes along with it. And if and, you do a coming in ratings, that's a success. And they want access. Last question. I get a lot of letters. 
uh, from people who say, well, Stephanopoulos gave Biden the questions in advance and he knew what was coming. The negotiation to do the interview, the interview happened in Darby, Pennsylvania, when yesterday um, Joe Biden went to visit some store uh, in Chester, Pennsylvania. And these are suburbs of Philadelphia. And then he segued over and he sat down with Stephanopoulos to do it. The negotiation between Biden's people and the producers, not Stephanopoulos himself, but the producers at ABC, always involve what are you going to ask and how are you going to ask it, right? Well, you're, you're touching on something that's very, very important. What they should have done before this interview started, but on air, on camera rather, what they should have done is said, Mr. President, let's just review the ground rules. We've made no promises on what we may ask you or what we may not ask you, if that was the case. They should, they should do what Oprah did with uh, Harry and, and Meghan. She, they, we didn't pay you. We didn't, we didn't give you any questions in advance. Nothing is out of bounds. Right. I was watching this, and I was wondering, apparently, what you were wondering. What deal did they make? What were the conditions? That should have been made public. But you know why it wasn't? It's, it's not sinister. You and I are journalists. Mike Wallace was a journalist. Ed Murrow was a journalist, although I'm not putting myself in that category. We, would, we, we think of these things. They don't think of these things anymore. They just don't. No, I know. And they got the interview and everybody wanted it. So, But I'm not going to accuse Stephanopoulos of giving him the questions or anything like that. I'm, I would not I'll, I'll, never I'll, do that. Bill, I'm, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying. I know. I'm saying I we want should everybody know to be clear on it. Were. Right. And by the way, I'm going to be writing a column on this very subject uh, for my website. All right, Bernard Goldberg, one word, Bernard Goldberg. You don't have to put the O in, even though it's St. Patrick's Day. You won't get there if you do. It's bernardgoldberg.com. Hey, Bernie, thanks as always. Very uh, interesting. We'll talk to you soon, I hope. Thank you for listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. To watch the full episodes of the No Spin News, visit BillOReilly.com and sign up to become a premium or concierge member. That's BillOReilly.com. Sign